Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Christ suffered for us. Realize you will go through suffering. There's a price to pay to follow Jesus Christ. I wish that I could tell people that receive Christ, it's all just downhill from here, boy. You've accepted Christ. It's, oh man, look out. You're going to have everything just peachy queen. It's going to be so, everything's going to be glorious. Peachy king, queen, I don't know. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But the truth is, Christ suffered for us. Those that choose to live godly will suffer persecution. And I find the more you desire to be sold out for Jesus Christ, the more attack you're going to have. He's writing to those that are suffering for their faith. And so we need to understand that. And he's saying, arm yourself with that. In other words, be prepared for the fact that you will go through difficult times. When you put your hand to the plow and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, look out. But the good thing is, is God will use the attacks and God will use those difficult times and those sufferings to keep you close to him if you allow him to. But what happens sometimes is when difficult times come, when suffering comes, people hightail it out and they say, I I can't take this Christian stuff. I don't want this Christian stuff. I can't handle this Christian stuff. And then look out because you're in a bad place. And you run back to the world. You run back to the things you used to to do and you're going to get totally messed up. So he says, arm yourself. Know that there's going to be suffering. But guess what? The closer you stay to the Lord, you're not going to practice sin anymore, as it says in this verse over here. You're not going to practice those things you used to. Think of David when David was in battle. When David was in battle, he was close with God. He was a man after God's own heart. But when he stayed home from battle, he got in big trouble. And he fell with Bathsheba. And then it got worse from there. He committed murder, basically. He had her husband taken out. And he had a child, and they lost the child. But he, he, he took himself out of the battle. Christian, friend, believers, fight the good fight of faith. Stay in the battle. Don't allow the sufferings. Don't allow the, the troubles of this world to pull you out from that place that God has called you to be. He's encouraging right here, if you notice, to live a life that pleases God. But for the will of God, 
He's saying, don't live the way you used to live, but live a life that pleases God. Do you notice that at the end of that? It says, but for the will of God. Not, don't live in the lust of the flesh anymore as men do. Don't live the, the way you used to live, but, but live for God. Be a man and a woman that's pleasing to God. Allow your life to please the Lord. Heard a story about a, a couple that had a child and they wanted their, their son to play the violin. So at a very young age, they paid for him to have lessons, and they, they hired this great instructor. And for many years, this, this young man was disciplined and disciplined, and he would practice and practice and practice. And finally, he was put before a huge crowd because he was very talented. And he played his heart out. And the, after he was done, the whole audience stood up and applauded him and clapped, and, and they were just going crazy. And the young man just stood there and stared and took him forever. And then finally, after quite a long time, he finally looked and then he bowed down. And his friend ran in the back of the backstage. He says, what took you so long? Why were you just staring? What, why didn't you take a bow? And he says, he says, I was looking for my instructor. He says, when I seen him stand up and he was clapping, I, then I knew I did a good job. And that's the one we're to please. That's who we should care about. If a whole room stands and applauds, a whole room thinks you're great, that doesn't matter. What does God think of you? What is the Lord saying about you? We need to you know, be a God pleaser, wondering what he thinks, what he's saying. Pleasing our master, Paul the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, to God. To be well-pleasing to him. We have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles or the heathens, the unbelievers. We've, we've spent enough time doing that. When we walked in, the, in lewdness and lust and drunkenness and revelries and drinking parties and abominable idolatries. Peter's saying, you spent enough time doing that junk before that it used to do. The Gentiles, again, it's the, the unbelievers, the, the heathens. You've already spent enough time with those things. With all those terrible things, lust and partying and you know, getting drunk and all those things. In other words, it's time to stop. Turn. I mentioned already we, we had a little Bible study, a little meeting with the guys this morning. And as we were, you know, it's kind of a nice time. We, we all get to share a little bit. We usually rotate and we'll... One of us will do a Bible study and then the other guys will chime in. And it's really sweet because they, everybody just adds to the study. And as we were talking, one of the things we talked about a little bit is pleasing God and walking in the spirit. And I got a flashback while we were talking, a total just flashback of my past. And it was like it's vivid before my mind. And I remembered before I accepted Christ, one night I was drunk and I was on the floor in my bathroom. And it was so vivid. It was a night of my, one of my best friend's bachelor parties. And I was the best man. And I set up the whole bachelor party. And it was just, it was vile, disgusting. And I went home that night and I was so sick. I, I drank practically the whole bottle myself. Disgusting. I got home. I was sick all night. I laid on the bathroom floor. I couldn't get off the bathroom floor that whole night. I wanted to die. 
And I thought, God, just take me. And as I thought back to that, I thought, God, you took me from that mess, that man laying on a floor, puking his guts out through the whole night, eight or nine hours laying on a floor, a cold floor. You took that man and you washed him up and you cleaned him and you made something out of that nothing. And that's me. And that's the God we have. A God that can clean us up. A God that can renew us. A God that can, can make something out of absolutely nothing. I had nothing to offer God. Nothing. And I believe God loves it when we come to him in that way and say, God, I have nothing to offer you. I have absolutely nothing to offer you. When I came to the Lord, I came to him with a broken life. And I said, Lord, I have a bunch of pieces here that's supposed to be a life, but it's not a life. Can you do something with these pieces? Because I can't do anything with the pieces. I don't know how the puzzle goes together. And I'm here tonight boasting in my God to say he can do anything with nothing. And he desires to change man. He desires that we put away that old life. We've spent enough time in that past life. We've spent enough time doing all the things we used to do. Now's the time, as Peter's telling these guys that are suffering, saying, put away that old life. Don't go back. And I'm sure some of these guys that were suffering maybe had the temptation to just give up and say, I'm just going back out to the world. I'm better off going back into the world because this is too tough for me. Maybe I could just numb it with this or numb it with that and try to act as if nothing's happening. But the apostle Peter's telling them, don't do that. You've spent enough time in your past life. Verse four, in regards to these things, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. Talking about your friends, when you change, when they're going to think that you're strange, they're going to talk evil about you. They're not going to understand why you don't run with them anymore. Can anyone, can I get an amen from anyone with that? <laughs> Isn't it true? Sometimes I look at my life and say, who was I before? I mean, it just, I'm totally different. And our friends won't understand. They don't get it. They can't understand. It doesn't make sense to them that you don't run with them anymore. You don't do the things you used to do anymore. And that's a testimony to them. And it's a good testimony. My friends, it's so funny. They, they say, he's got religion. That's, what they, that's all they can figure out. You know? They know I've changed completely. And then they're like, they, the only way they can figure it out, they say, well, he got some religion. He's, he's got religion now. No, he doesn't go out with us anymore. We don't, you know, we, he's got religion. They're, oh, okay, religion. He's got religion. I try to explain, no, it's not religion. I have a relationship with God. And then, okay, yeah, you got religion. Okay, I got religion. Call it what you might or you must, but it's changed me. Or it's funny, sometimes they, they, they get as far as saying, he's one of those reborn agains. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I can't even get that part right. Just born again. No, I'm reborn again. They don't understand. They don't get it. 
for they give an account for the, <coughs> excuse me, they will give an account. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. They, speaking of those that don't know what's happened to you, one day they're going to give an account. They're going to stand before the judge of all judges and they'll give an account for their lives. Hopefully they'll change and it's our job to allow them, to let them know why we're different, what's happened to us. Because one day they'll stand before their maker and they'll have to give an account for what they've done and why they didn't receive Jesus Christ as their savior. And we know what the Bible says. If they reject Jesus Christ, their only hope, then there is a place of eternal torment and they will be judged. The one that judges the living and the dead for this reason, verse six, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead. These are heavy verses, guys. Come on. Preach to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to, to men in the flesh, but live according to God and the spirit. Okay. Some people just, they look at this and say, wow. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those that are dead. Look at, there we go again. Those that are dead, get another chance. Preach to the dead. It's not, it's, in context, it's, it doesn't make sense in context. It's not talking about that in context. It's talking about you know, those, that are, those that suffer. We're, we're, the whole thing is talking about the, the suffering and what's happening to the, you know, Christ suffered for us and, and then those also suffered. I believe it's saying that for the reason that those, those that are dead, they also suffered and they were judged according to men, men, those that were killed for their faith, they were judged according to men, but they live according to God. So those before Christ, they, by faith, they were looking forward to the, to the coming. They were, the good news was that the Messiah was coming. We look back, the Messiah came, but they had faith in the Messiah coming and the good news was preached to them also. And they died for their faith. Many died for their faith. And they were judged according to men. They were killed for their faith in the flesh, but they live according to God. So they live in heaven now. So in context, the ones that are suffering, they died back before Christ. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. I love this stuff. Be serious. Take it serious, your faith. Be watchful. Be prayerful. The big thing, love and pray. You know, have love and pray. Have fervent love and be a person of prayer. Have sincere love for one another. That's what we're called to. The word fervent means stretched out and earnest. In other words, you know, you think of something fervent, it's stretched out. It goes out of your, you go out of your way in earnest. It's real. It's, it's, and you, you go out of your way to love others. That's what we're called to do. Did you guys feel that earthquake the other day at 6.30 in the morning? I was up. 625. And the house started shaking up on the top floor of our home. And it wasn't that big of a one, but it, it was first, you know, I was half asleep and the, the, the house started shaking. I was in the restroom. My wife was in the bed. The strangest thing happened to me in an instant because I didn't know if it would be the big one. You know, just, do, you, do you think that when an earthquake comes, you think, is this the big one? And you don't know. One time it might be the big one. I don't know. 
And so the house is shaking. I'm in the restroom and my wife's in bed. And I thought, if this is the big one, I need to be with her. And I'm serious. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. I just, I jumped. I leaped into the bedroom. I leaped into the bed because I was thinking if this is the big one and I, she dies and I'm left alone, I couldn't live with that. Seriously. I'm thinking the bathrooms probably has a better structure. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just, you know, I was just thinking that would be terrible because all the windows are in there and if it all collapses and she's dead, it would just kill me. And I was just like, I didn't even think about it. I just dove into the bedroom. Like I need to be with my wife. And I didn't even, I think of that, you know, God's love that's in my heart. I'm like, it's not, it's not anything, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm Mr. You know, whatever you want to call it. Romeo and Juliet. I think Steve called it, today. <laughs> but it's, it's God's love in my heart that he did in my heart. Again, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. And I think about the fact that we're to have fervent love for one another. And that's a great prayer for us to say, Lord, give me your love for, if I'm to have fervent love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, Lord, give me that love. And I can say, I have it for my wife, but I don't have that kind of love. I better not have that kind of love for everybody else, but I, I need more love for everybody. But also love is a choice. Love is patient. Love is kind. And we choose need to choose to love. We need to choose to deny ourselves. So we're to have that love and God desires to give us that love for others. Let's look at just a couple more verses. We'll wind down. I know it's getting late. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. There's a lot of stuff here. I'm just going to point out because of time. One of the parts of one of these little parts that blessed me so much in verse 11, where it says, if anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. The meaning of oracles of God is meaning the utterances of the utterance of God. So if we're called to, to preach and to speak on God's behalf, and this really blessed me, basically have that confidence when you speak for God, that God is speaking through you. And that just, I've read that like I've never read it before. The first time it was like a light went off when I read that. And I hope you get a piece of what I got from this. Please, we're winding down. Please try to get this because this is huge. We're vessels. And we are called to speak on God's behalf. We're called to share the gospel. Some of us are called as pastors, teachers to teach the word of God. But if you can grasp this verse and understand that if you're called to speak on God's behalf, know that it's God that's uttering and speaking through you. 
Have that confidence to know that when you are speaking, that the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you, when you're using the Word of God, and when you're teaching the Word of God, and when you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it's God that it's working in and through your life to speak to other people supernaturally. And it's very freeing to realize that. I remember my sister speaking to me, and sometimes she would just be speaking about different things, not even about the the Word of God and everything. And it was like God was speaking to me through her because she's filled with the Holy Spirit. People that I'm around, my wife and those that love Jesus Christ, you know, a lot of times I'll just listen to the things that they're talking about because God speaks through people. But if you, if you please, if you would get this part, I, I believe this is, can be even life-changing for people when they realize that the oracles of God, that, that God, let me read it in another translation, 1 Peter 4.11, it says, you are called to be a speaker of God, excuse me, are you called to be a speaker or a preacher? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies then God will be given glory in everything through Jesus Christ. All glory and power belong to him forever and ever. Amen. So again, as we close this up, I pray that we have confidence in the fact is we're born again believers. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, when we're sharing with others God's word and the gospel, that you realize that God speaks through his people and he desires and have that confidence in knowing that it's God who's working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And he does speak through man even today. And if you're called to, to help, do it with all your strength. Let guys, God supply that strength and that energy that you need. But with all you do, do it all to the glory of God. And let people know that it's God that's doing it. And it's God that's speaking through you. And it's using you for his glory. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Your word is so powerful, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's alive. Thank you, Lord, that when we speak, we can have confidence that you're speaking through us. Those that are called to teach those that share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to give us that confidence, Lord, in who we are in Jesus Christ. You said in your word, the righteous are bold as a lion. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us continually that wonderful boldness that we need to share with this dying world that's around us. Help us, Lord, that everything that we do, Lord, we do it by the power of your Holy Spirit. May none of us, Lord, none of us in this place have confidence in that flesh, Lord. But may we have great confidence in you, Lord, who rose up from the dead, who died to take our place. May we have confidence in you and your spirit working through us. We praise your holy name, God. You are awesome. And you are worthy to be praised. Lord, lastly, we lift up those that are not born again of your spirit. You told us in your word, you, Jesus said, you must be born again. We pray, Lord God, that those that are not born again, that they would give their lives to you. 
they go to the cross, even now. Or those, Lord, joined with us that are maybe haven't been walking with you. Maybe they went back, back into the world. As a dog returns to the vomit, your word tells us. Lord, I pray that you'd reach down. You would draw them back to yourself, God. That you'd draw them near to you. Only you can do that, Lord. By your Holy Spirit. Your throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to Your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our 